0: Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network.
1: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus
2: original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead
1: forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back
3: Hello folks and welcome to the Metallica Report. I'm Stefan Shirazi, editor of the band So What Magazine.
2: And I'm Renee Richardson, director of philanthropy for Metallica's foundation, all within my hands. This is your official weekly Metallica podcast, the only inside source, bringing you all the news from the band's HQ and studios deep in the heart of Northern California. And massive thank you to everybody on Spotify who weighed in on this week's question, which was done poll style. And we asked you what you thought was the best Metallica Award show performance. And there have been more than a few, but we presented seven different options for you guys. And the overwhelming winner was the 1989 performance of One, which happened at the 31st Annual Grammy Awards. 52% of you, this was your choice of favorite performance by the band. So that's kind of cool to know.
3: It is indeed.
2: And your second
3: favorite Metallica Awards show performance, according to our poll, was the 1996 medley of Last Caress and So What that the guys did at the MTV Europe Music Awards. By the way, this one made it into Billboard's top 100 greatest award show performances of all time.
2: Oh, that's great. We'll be looking back at both of your top picks uh, conveniently enough in this episode. So thank you for weighing into our Spotify poll once again. We'll do it again next week.
3: I'm looking forward to it.
2: Okay, well, look, next Sunday on February the 4th, it is the
3: 66th Annual Grammy Awards, and they're taking place in Los Angeles at the Crypto.com Arena. Metallica are nominated for three categories. That is Best Rock Performance for Lux Eterna, Best Metal Performance for 72 Seasons, and Best Rock Album, 72 Seasons.
2: Well-deserved, these nominations, and congratulations to our bosses. The other nominees in the Best Rock Performance category are Arctic Monkeys, Black Pumas, Boy Genius, and Foo Fighters. So the well of talent runs pretty deep here. And while the other Best Metal Performance nominees are Disturbed, Ghost, Spirit Box, and Slipknot.
3: And in the Best Rock album, the other nominees are Foo Fighters, Greta Van Fleet, Paramore, and Queens of the Stone
2: Age. And the award for best rock performance goes to (laughs) Jethro Tull. That is so sad. What the fuck? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh sad. <laughs> oh boy. Hey, I, before
3: we get into this any further, I, ju- I just want to say you sound like you're in good form here. And you're
2: you're in New Orleans right
3: now, am I correct?
2: I am in New Orleans. I'm, I'm about to uh, head out to a little Mardi Gras parade, so let's get this thing moving, buddy. Yeah, and you're within <laughs> on, on
3: All Within My Hands duties, which I, I just want to re-emphasize for everyone. Renee does a fantastic job with All Within My Hands. It is 24-7 work and she's fighting the good Fight out there in New Orleans for all within my hands. So
2: thank you for that. Yeah, we're having yeah. a big convention of the community colleges we support. So thanks for that, Steph. That awesome. was nice of you. Awesome, yeah.
3: excellent. Well, it, it's it's doing you proud. I can tell you. I can hear it. I can hear it. Look, given that it is the award show season, and given that you and I have been chatting about Metallica's overall award show history, wins, appearances, all of that stuff. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, let's just get into it and bring that chat to this week's pod, right? Yeah, let's go for it. As mentioned, we're going to be focusing on a few of the key live award show performances since that very first Grammy won uh, in 1989, pun fully intended, you guys. And we're also going to be getting a fan's eye view on Metallica and award shows from our friend Clint Wells. He runs the Metal Up Your Podcast show.
3: Yeah, it's going to be great to get his perspective. Yeah, Clint's a super fan, and he's also a session guitarist, songwriter, and leader of the band Morgan Wade. And, and check this out. Clint and his band are starting a US tour with Alanis Morissette and Joan Jett uh, on June 9th in Phoenix. So, That's uh, awesome. so, yeah, so he knows he, he's got he's got the the skinny on both sides, you know what I mean? He's a deep yeah. dive fan and he knows behind the curtain.
2: Yeah, and he it makes his it makes his show really good. He's got that musician's timing which I clearly don't have. And <laughs> Clint <laughs> Me and you is both. also supporter of all within my hands, which is much appreciated. So um, we're looking forward to talking to him. Now, we all know there are many, many award shows and so many awards, and we decided to keep it clean and stick to the tried and trusted in our conversation today, namely the Grammys, the American Music Awards, and the Video Music Awards, the MTV Music Awards, and the Billboard Music Awards. So let's get into it.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's really only one place to start, isn't there? I mean, I know our Spotifyers have, have already, yeah, you know, they've already brought us to this particular starting point, but let's just give it a little more love because uh, it is such a huge moment in Metallica's history, let alone their award show history. We're going back to LA's Shrine Auditorium on February 22nd, 1989. It is Metallica's first ever live award show performance. Indeed, I believe it's the first ever live medal performance at the Grammys. It is one. If you want to go and check that out on YouTube, right at the moment this clip starts, which is three minutes and 37 seconds, James looks up and just fucking glares at the camera with... I don't know what you call it. It's defiance. It's youthful rage. It's anti-establishment. It's we're serving it to the man vibes. It's all of it. It is It is young punks breaking out and kind of giving the bird to the establishment. uh That's how I take it anyway.
2: Yeah, it, yeah. I have to agree with you, Steph, because like, you know, in the very beginning of the performance, you can hear the nerves in James' voice. At least that's how I hear it. But at that moment you're talking about, it's all washed away and it's like, pfft, and, and, and everything yeah. gels and it, it, it's a cool little little... moment in the in the video if you can find it. And in case you don't know what happened at that show, Metallica was up for best hard rock metal performance for the (laughs) Justice album. Their co-nominees were Jane's Addiction, Iggy Pop, ACDC, and Jethro Tull. The band was they at that time they were kicking down all sorts of barriers for the hard rock and metal world worldwide and their first Grammy was considered in the bag by everyone like both watching and internally. I mean, we all thought it was going to go to them, right?
3: No, oh, I mean, come on, it was—it was so much so that Electra had apparently printed ten thousand one sheets, which said Justice was a Grammy winner. Uh, to which I remember <laughs> Lars saying they should joke and put them out anyway with uh, Grammy losers or something like that. But <laughs> oh. you know, look, it was such a fait accompli, right, in everyone's mind that Jethro Tulls Ian Anderson wasn't even there, and I yeah. believe I'm right in saying that Chrysalis Records didn't even attend because they was—it was just. Uh. It was just it was no, not a chance, right? So of course when it came to announce the winner, uh, it, it, you know, by the law of averages and all of that, I've just said, Alice Cooper opens the envelope and announces that Jethro Tull's crest of a knave had won it, right? I mean <laughs> so set up for the <sighs> I upset, saying, I suppose.
2: I mean it was a major shock. Even Alice Cooper, who presented that award, as you mentioned, has gone on to say that he literally thought they gave him the wrong envelope. <laughs> so no one saw this coming. In terms of international exposure, though, to wider audiences, it's undeniable how important that particular live appearance was for the band. And Steph, you you got to you are watching it, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. There were a bunch of us uh, crammed together. This was uh, when I lived in the Mission in, in San Francisco, and so a bunch of us who you know we all hung out together. We hung with those guys quite a lot, and we're all crammed around the telly, and you know, bristling with pride that our outsiders had smashed the system, uh, only for the people who vote at the Grammys uh, to decide they weren't quite ready for it. I mean, for them, <sighs> I, I I don't suppose it was that spectacular surprise at all you know they were just like well this isn't going to happen I I remember somewhere in there memory being what it is I can't quite picture whether there was a delay on the recording and we got this phone call or not but I, I remember last calling us and being well, I'll politely call it incredulous. Um oh. But yeah, back then they were fiery and fiercely on the move, so he was less than impressed, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and we were all and we all felt so indignant about it. It was just like oh, you I know, can fuck imagine. you, fuck the man, <laughs> like fuck, yeah, we're being fucked right. and fuck, going, fuck everyone, we're gonna do it. <laughs> it was a wee thing, you know. So I, I in a way, it probably worked out perfectly because here we are still talking about it. That's right. Fans have voted it, they're number one. I mean, it might have actually worked better this way. Who knows?
2: Yeah, yeah. And and one final word on this one in 2014 in LA, the 56th Grammy Awards. Metallica played one with classical pianist Lang Lang, a virtuoso from China. And that was 20. 20- Five years after that unforgettable 1989 performance and it it too was a pretty cool moment but certainly something different.
3: Yeah and just to cap off Metallica's Grammy history here you know the guys have been nominated 23 times and won 9 Grammys so good luck on Sunday and let's hope it's 3 for 3 I don't know about you I think I'm feeling a little competitive about it right now.
2: Oh my god totally I feel invested this time around. Yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) You know there's so much of that you know coming from the inside being privileged to the process this is like all from my perspective personally i'm watching all that has gone into 72 seasons and the lead-up to this incredible album and the tour and all the things that have come along with it Now bring it on yeah and just bear with us we got to take a moment for a quick break
0: hey pantheon listeners christian swain here you caught me just finishing up some editing on getting real with john and beth i want to share my first experience with factor meals for you i think you'll find this interesting because i bet the same thing happens to you
2: And we are back. And Steph, I got to shift gears here and go to Europe. Well, London, England, in 1996. The Alexandra Palace, the MTV European Music Awards. And, well, if you'll allow me.
3: What an epic version of that classic song by the Anti-Nowhere League, those old school British punks. I think what makes it all the more remarkable uh, is that they had no plans to do this whatsoever. The band had initially planned to do King Nothing. They'd rehearsed the song with Pyro earlier in the day. But then sometime just before the live broadcast was going to happen, they were told that they couldn't use Pyro. And by the way, would they mind not swearing because it was a live broadcast? Oh, dear. They summoned Big Mick, their sound man uh, at the time, and he was asked whether Last Caress and So What would fit the slot of King Nothing. He said that it would be all good. It was going to work. And so as I understand it, they were the only five people who knew what was going to go down as soon as the broadcast was being recorded and going out live, which just makes it even more epic, I think. And if you're a fan, wow, you get two songs instead of one and two very defiant ones at that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, MTV's Europe's uh, head honchos did not see it that way. They promptly banned the boys from ever appearing on their shows again. I should stress that the ban was in Europe, but it was such a punk move being told what they can't do and then doing it. I personally loved it.
3: Indeed. In the US, Metallica have had 12 MTV VMA nominations with four wins. One of those wins, uh, with no live performance, uh, involved just a good old-fashioned win. It was in 1992 when Enter Sandman won the Best Hard Rock Video Viewer's Choice Award with Howard Sterning guys as Fartman presenting Ugh. the award. Uh, I look, just just <laughs> check the clip out because it is a travel back through time. It's it's a total time capsule of 1992. I gotta say,
2: and it didn't age well, in my opinion. <laughs> All right, you guys, this feels like the perfect time to bring in Clint Wells from Metal Up Your Podcast and the band Morgan Wade. He's going to give us a few of his award show views, starting with why award show appearances, especially back in the day, were and still are important for the Metallica fans.
1: Growing up in the 90s, what was so exciting about seeing one of your favorite bands that tended to, you know, at a certain point, they were kind of more counterculture band, is you would get to see your band on TV. And so, you know, the only time I could see the guys was on the record sleeves, maybe a magazine. So to be able to see them on TV was so fun. But there was like a deeper side of it, too, where you sort of felt like the world was getting to see what you already know. Less so on the, the MTV stuff, but like the Grammys were big because it was almost like the world was getting to, to hear your favorite band. And that was always exciting. I always had a sense of pride when I knew the boys were going to be on a big stage like that.
2: Yeah, he's he's so right about the sense of pride. It's so true. In speaking with Clint, of course, we had to ask what the first award show he ever saw was and entered Childish Humor.
1: I'll never forget it. It was the 92 VMAs, The Fart Man. So I would have been nine years old, and I came online with the band during the Black Album. So I, I missed the Justice. Stuff. I, of course, went back. But for me, the 92 VMAs was like one of the most fun viewing experiences of my life.
3: As for Clint's personal favorite Metallica award show appearance...
1: My personal favorite because of the era of Metallica that I love so much is the 90s. I'm a big load reload guy. And my favorite member of the band at that time was Jason Newstead. And I love the 2000 movie award performance of I Disappear. I think a lot of my friends at the time were struggling with that direction where they were going. I always loved it. I love the song. It's one of my favorite Metallica songs. And that performance is almost one of the last times of them in that iteration with that power. And one of the things I love the most about it is you hear really clearly in the broadcast mix how well Jason's vocals mixed with James's. I mean, they just perfect complimentary vocal. They had a lot of swagger, a lot of attitude. The video I loved, like you, I'm a big movie nerd. So all the nods in the video to North by Northwest and Brazil, Terry Gilliam's Brazil. I just loved everything about it. And I loved seeing them at the movie awards playing one of my favorite songs.
2: Oh, right on Clint. I love that one too. Clint was generous with his time for us, and it's obvious uh, his love for the band is at a whole other level. So thanks, Clint. Yeah, and good luck with that
3: upcoming tour, mate. It sounds like it's going to be a really special one. And you know something was really cool, Renee, that, that Clint told me? He said that everything he does and everywhere he goes, there's always an influence of Metallica with him. Nice. And that includes, uh, you know, being on stage himself. So that's, a, I'd love to get into that discussion with him one day, because I think it's a great juxtapose. There he is playing these gigs, but my word, this guy's fanaticism runs deep.
0: we hey, hey.
2: So that was St. Anger from the 2003 American Music Awards. Metallica have received seven nominations and two wins, including winning Favorite Heavy Metal Hard Artist in 1997 when a bare-chested and (laughs) leather-vested Pat Boone announced their win alongside Alice Cooper. By the way, Pat Boone released an album that year in a metal mood, No More Mr. Nice Guy (laughs) and His Outfit. I remember this It caused Lars to ask him Where his nipple ring was And and the band also played King Nothing
3: Yeah, these award shows Can be pretty wacky for sure I I was at the 2003 one At the Shrine Auditorium in LA And I just What I remember is The immense amount of trailers uh, The air of chaos Never actually being sure How far you go where With whatever pass you have to have on It's like, (laughs) you know There's a thousand passes, right? It's different here, different there Yeah, you just thoroughly Sort of in the way I felt in the way Everywhere I went I marveled at how the production Could actually fill to so many artists through and on stage on time. So, you know, hats off to production teams at awards shows. They are incredible. I did say hello to Rod Stewart. That was cool. Uh, funny too, you know, Kirk told me something else last week about award shows. I think he's well worth mentioning here. From an artist's perspective, he said, it gives you a chance to see other artists that you may not really ever get the chance to see, you know, yeah. in, in, in the, the course of your year, because everyone obviously sound checks the day before. And so he said, you have artists, you know, hanging out to kind of see what's going on. Apparently Prince watched the guys uh, rehearse at one of the Grammys. And of course, when you're playing and you see Prince watching you, that's got to be kind of cool. And uh Kirk told me that he personally was blown away one time when he watched U2 rehearse. He said, you just see an intimacy in the way that the band works that that you just never get to see. Yeah, So it's kind of cool to hear his enthusiasm for that part of it Show just
2: that part, and didn't he also mention to you that uh, the time that the guys were receiving an MTV <laughs> award in '96 uh, for Until It Sleeps? as best hard rock video, when he felt a banana in his suit pocket. This sounds like a bad joke, but he felt a banana in his suit pocket, pulled it out and just started eating it as the band received their award.
3: That is absolutely correct. I mean, but so delightfully Kirk in a way. I mean, just how great is that? You know, he just (laughs) pulled out that banana. Again, that's something else you can find. On YouTube. But, you know, we're back at that thing, which has been a theme of this episode, uh, where you've got unpredictable moments that just seem to happen. They don't always involve bananas, boons, <laughs> fart men, or, or, you know, sweary song switch ups. Yeah, you know, sometimes they're actually just about the raw dynamism of the music, uh, that exciting off kilter combination jam. I mean, the one that I think of immediately is the one that saw Metallica get together with Lady Gaga for Moth Into Flame at the 59th Annual Grammys at the Staples Center in LA on February 12th 2017 and it's that was the last time the band have performed at the Grammys.
2: Yeah, there were some mic issues during that broadcast, but because of that, James ended up sharing a mic with Gaga. And I, I think that was it was pretty cool. It was spontaneous. It, it gave off this really cool vibe, which was which a good happenstance.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's that old, you know, making lemonade from lemons, mm-hmm. you know. And actually, something Clint Wells told me that, uh, that when we were chatting was, you know, as an artist, it's very possible that James probably couldn't hear his own vocal when he's sharing Gaga's mic and maybe she was having to deal with something as well. He said, technically, from a technical standpoint, it's such an impressive thing to see that. And that was a really interesting take for me. I mean, it was visually dynamic, you know, but then Clint told me that as a musician, you kind of have another and you're like wow he's just he's really running off his own scripts and it did you know it did produce uh one of uh, i think one of their most memorable performances i mean there have been many amazing award show performances from this band we haven't had time to discuss some of them not the least of which metallica's 2009 rock <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony. I think that's a pod in itself down the road. Oh, for sure. Because we're running out of time.
2: Yeah, bummer. Here's hoping Metallica win at this weekend's Grammys. Remember, it all takes place Sunday, February 4th.
3: Absolutely. We'll be watching with you, and we'll be hoping, right? Yep. Okay, until next week. See See ya. ya! The Metallica Report is produced by Metallica HQ, Pantheon Media, and PopCult.
2: If you like what we're doing here, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Be sure to visit metallica.com slash podcast to submit your questions, offer your thoughts, and become a part of this podcast.
2: Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.